0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast live from San Jose, California. I'm your co host, Guru Ram Prakash, and along with me yet again are two of uh, my friends who have uh, decided to co host this podcast tonight with me. Uh, one of whom is in Monterey, California, he's Vikram Kant, and another one who is in Fremont, California, uh, he's Varun Aurora. Uh, we're here to celebrate uh, the Warriors winning. Uh, the 2022 NBA championship. Uh, it's, their, it's the seventh championship in their franchise's history. And uh, it's, uh, mo- most importantly, and uh, probably more recently, it's, it's, their, it's their fourth championship in, in eight years. Uh, definitely, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people are talking about Dynasty. A lot of people are talking uh, about Steph Curry as, you know, a legend. Uh, the trio of Steph Curry- Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson uh, and now have the most NBA Finals wins of any trio in NBA history. Uh, they've won 20 games together. Uh, the second place in, in on that list is uh, 18. Uh, that's uh, Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. So that's a very interesting fact. Uh, but yeah, let, let's introduce our guests on the podcast. Vikram, it's really great to have you uh, on the podcast. And uh, Warriors win.
1: <clears throat> Warrior. Okay, I'm done with that now. But... Anyhow, yes, this is uh, – it's a really phenomenal night. And, I mean, I was extraordinarily overcome by emotion, kind of similar to Steph when they won, because it's, it's important to see your team make it to the top, right? And that's something that we had got kind of grown accustomed to uh, ever since the Warriors won in 2015. Then they picked up Kevin Durant, and those championships were special. But, like, let's be real – there wasn't another team in the league that could potentially stiff the Warriors at full strength with Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a prime yeah. C- uh, Steph, prime clay, prime Draymond, prime KD, good luck league, right? Mm-hmm. And only injuries took them uh, to a loss against the Raptors. But, I mean, but this series, like we really thought that the Celtics should have won right on paper. They were the quote unquote, more talented team. Yeah, uh, I were. think Jeff and Gundy made a comment on the broadcast a couple times, actually, where he's like, this is probably the least talented team the Warriors have brought to the finals. And, you know, to me, there is something really interesting about this idea of talent. I would I might agree that they brought a lot of or they, they had less talent than they have in previous years. But I think the talent on this team fit a lot better than in previous years and this is something when I look at the Celtics where I say hey they have a more quote-unquote talent than the Warriors but it did not make a it it did not there wasn't a sense of team cohesion offensively especially uh, that I think that you really need and the Warriors despite having hey oh this guy and Steph Curry that's that can't possibly be an all-world defender, right, just on the basis of his height, or like a Jordan Poole who just sucks at defense, period, or like Draymond Green who is offensively super limited. Despite having these component parts that have issues, they were able to put together successful offenses and defenses. And I think that's so special, especially when you look at how the Celtics had to play them, right, where they have all-NBA first team Jason Tatum, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. And we're just not able to come over the hump at the end. And I, I do want to start or end my my rant here, my soliloquy here, saying I think that when we look at this back in history, we're going to say, oh, the Celtics, you know, they didn't they did not achieve what they were supposed to. But I think that they deserve a lot of credit for making it this far, particularly because I don't think anybody had them at this level. And I think that's important. I think it's important to recognize that the Celtics are a young team. This was their first opportunity. And I think that they deserve credit for making it this far and played a good series, uh, at least defensively, offensively, they had problems, but defensively, I think they played a really good series. And I think they pushed the Warriors. I think this was the best defense. The Warriors had to play in their, uh, in their quote unquote dynasty run.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, we have resident Celtics fan Maroon, uh on, on the podcast to to talk about all that. But uh, just like alluding to one point uh, that you made, Bikram, that we didn't really expect the Celtics to be here—probably not at the very beginning of the playoffs—but the second they swept the Nets, and uh, I mean, I, I know, like, we look back on that series, like the, the Nets were probably a pretty like poorly constructed team, but. In that moment, you, you felt that hey, maybe the Celtics are for real. Maybe their defense has really improved to the level where they're the best defensive team left in the playoffs. And, you know, and then once you establish that, and then once, you know, Marcus Smart wins defensive player of the year, once station teams gets first team on NBA, like it all culminated uh, together in uh, this, uh, I mean, this NBA finals run for them that uh, seemed inevitable once they uh, started, they once they played the Bucks and they beat them, and then uh, the Heat series—they were—they were—they were better than the Heat and the Bucks in in those series. And I mean, we, we thought that they were better than the Warriors, but one thing the Warriors had was you know their championship experience, and uh, they they've been there and they've done that, and um, it's it it came uh, to fruition in this series because the Warriors were down two one, and and so like without further ado, Varun. Welcome back to the podcast. Like, give me give me your <laughs> thoughts on, you know, games five and six for you as a Celtics fan uh, from your perspective.
2: Well, first, I want to start by – I'll get to all that, but I just want to talk about the Celtics' journey so far. Um, <laughs> it was – yeah, it was uh, – in the beginning, I thought they had no chance because they were under 500 just before the All-Star break. Um, but they found their identity. They stayed with defense, defense, defense. They made it this far – they swept the Nets, which was, to me, very shocking, given that the Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I remember watching Game 1 and thinking, holy shit, this is going to be a seven-game series. It's going to go down to the wire. But after Game 1, uh, Kyrie just disappeared, thank God, and uh, the Celtics won. Then the Bucks was also a really good series. Uh, Heat was a, you know, Celtics should have closed that out a lot sooner than... than seven games, but whatever. And then this series was also very good. Uh, defensively, they were very uh, consistent, but as Vercom alluded to, their offensive issues really, really showed up in a big way. Uh, not having a floor general, especially in game five, game six, even in game four um, in key moments, not having a floor general to slow down the game for Tatum and Brown to make the right passes in the reads to get them open for some good shots. Um, I think, you know, in game six today, in the beginning, Marcus Smart got into early foul trouble, and that was a big issue because then the Celtics didn't really have their – he is their floor general, and he's not that great at it, but he is their (laughs) floor general. So once once he went to the bench because of his fouls, uh, the Celtics lost control of the game. I think that's where it really started, and then from there, it just tumbled off. Uh, But overall, I think it's a good journey for the Celtics. Uh, They're still very young. Uh, Tatum was very disappointing, as I expressed to you guys earlier earlier today. But he's only 24 years old. I think he'll learn. Um, I hope I don't see this kind of game again from Tatum because it was very disappointing. But, you know, I do believe he's a superstar. I believe he's got that talent where he can score 30 if he wants. Um, So I hope, you know, uh, next year, I think the Celtics will be right up there. With the Bucks, I think, will probably be their biggest contender. And the Nets, if Ben Simmons actually plays, or if Kyrie finds another reason to play or sit out. Um, so, And then for the Warriors, uh, I mean, congrats to the Warriors, uh, I, especially to Steph Curry, because I think he deserved it. And I don't know why there's, like, all this stuff about Steph Curry could not win without KD or him needing a finals MVP, all this stupid chatter by these bozos on uh, TV saying all of this stuff. But Steph Curry did not need to prove anything to anybody. He's already a GOAT on Mount Rushmore. So this, this champion solidifies wow. that status. Oh, absolutely. I think he's right up there. Yes. I think he's the greatest um, player of all time, man. Yes, uh, he, is, he is a transcendent talent next to Michael Jordan. They're the most transcendent talents the NBA has seen, in my opinion. Uh, and I also want to congratulate Steve Kerr. So Steve Kerr, it's his ninth championship. As a player and a coach combined. Yeah. I thought he's, I mean, he's uh, alongside Steph Curry. He is the other reason for why the Warriors have built this incredible dynasty that's lasted for so long. Um, He comes in year one. They start winning right off the bat. They win their championship in his first year. I think he's done an incredible job. This year, his coaching was off the charts, finding a role for Wiggins, finding pool to get involved. I think whatever, what he's done this year has been incredible. So I give Steph Curry and Steve Kerr the most props out of all the Warriors
1: for this title run. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really fair point uh, about Steve Kerr. I think that what he does is so underrated, particularly in the context of, hey, coach of the year, Monty Williams, right? Like, And you see the, the conflict Monty Williams is having with DeAndre Ayton. Not that that means... Uh, that Monty Williams is a bad coach or something. But Steve Kerr's value to this team is his ability to work with superstars, right? To achieve big things. And in this case, they achieved a championship. Plain and simple, right? At the end of the day, this is their fourth one. I think, Rune, you put it best. This is nine championships as a player and as a coach. I mean, he's gone down as one of the greatest coaches in NBA history and i don't think it's again this is like one of those it's not really all that close man I mean, he is just such a phenomenal coach he was an excellent role player and he really understands the game of basketball and he understands how to manage superstars manage players yeah. not even just superstars but like every person on that team when they're asked about steve kerr is like he puts us in a position to succeed whether it's gary payton yeah. the second whether it's Damian Lee or Juan Toscano-Anderson, guys who aren't going to play that much necessarily. Gary Payton obviously played a lot. But getting the most out of Andre Iguodala's assistant coaching role, essentially, at this point. I mean, uh, he might pull a Haslam, right? But I mean, as a serious note, he gets the best out of every player that he has on this roster. And that's really, really special. And because of that, the Warriors are where they are.
0: Uh, absolutely. I, I think you I mean uh, like great points, uh, and I think you know a couple more congratulations are in order. Uh, particularly with like, like the, the first congratulations I want to hand out is to Clay Thompson. Yep, for you know coming back from two grueling leg injuries, uh, consecutively not playing for two, years. you know, be, being on the edge of like so, like so like depression. Um, and you know, uh, the, some of the worst rehab you will ever go through. And, and coming back, and, no, I, I don't want to say he picked up right, right where he left off. There were a lot of struggles middle of the season, right? And a part of those struggles were why the Warriors finished in the three seed. And uh, a part of why, you know, you, you had a lot of doubts about the team going in to the playoffs because, you know, it, it was always a question like where is Clay Thompson physically and mentally? Right. And how is he meshing with all the other players on the team? Because the, the Warriors started the season off really well without Clay. And then all of a sudden, Clay Thompson comes back and then Draymond Green gets hurt. Uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green have only played together uh, in the regular season, had only played together f- 12 minutes in two years. 12 minutes. They played together before wow. the playoffs started. And yeah. uh, they went to the playoffs and uh, Steph Curry obviously started off on the bench in, in that Denver series. But I mean, they just picked up where they left off for the most part. And it's, it, it was amazing. And it's amazing for clay to like, to, to come back and you, you know, you keep on saying like you want to win a championship. We're going to be a championship team when, when, when clay comes back, a lot of, you know, people were saying that it's another thing to just to go out and do it. And it's a credit to clay and the the type of, the type of player he is, the type of person he is. Uh and I I think in in like uh, in 25 years when there is an NBA 100 list top 100 players, he should be one of those 100 players. I I think I that's uh, that, that's how I feel about him, right? And then uh, another congratulations I just want to give out. I want to give Andrew Wiggins man congratulations to Andrew Wiggins the
1: rehab is complete the, re- the career
0: rehab is is com- is complete for him and you know it, it's really interesting right you you bring a player into into your culture and you can only hope for the best right like no one ever predicted that you know the Warriors are gonna win a championship on the back of uh, like you know Andrew Wiggins's uh, defensive prowess but that's sort of what happened right not yeah, only in this exactly series against Jason Tatum but in the previous series against Luka Doncic he, like like you're you're talking about like a a guy who like is going to be a, a defensive stalwart for the Warriors for like hopefully years to come i mean like i know like Andrew Wiggins was a part of like a bunch of trade discussions you know coming into this year even during the midseason this year uh, and you know even going into next year where like you know his contract is is coming up, and he's uh, he's also in line for an extension, which which he deserves. But like, he's very much needed on this team. He has a role on this team, as sort of the as sort of this Andre Iguodala type of guy who can also put the ball in the hoop. Like, it's it's been amazing to see his growth and his role on the team is has been. Uh, it it, it got defined over time, like over a couple of years, it did not happen overnight. And for, for see it culminate in a championship, like that's like the ultimate goal, right? That's what everybody wants to achieve. But for him to get it, like it only motivates him to get better. And for him to like, can continue his upward trajectory? And uh, yeah, those are, those are the two congratulations. I just wanted to hand out. I felt it was really important to congratulate those two people for, for winning the title. Um, but um, yeah. a question I wanted Absolutely. to pose to you guys. Yeah. You guys have any comments on that, by the way? Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think uh, Andrew Wiggins has, uh, I think you alluded to this uh, in the last episode, uh, both you and Vikram said that, you know, uh, Wiggins found his role with the Warriors. I think Guru, you said that this is a lesson for future players who don't, who might be high draft picks, but don't know where their careers are going. Like you find yourself in the right place you can revitalize your career. You can revitalize the reputation around you. So Wiggins has done a really good job with that. And I, and I do give a lot of credit to Steve Kerr for that, for knowing how to use him. And, of course, for Wiggins for executing as well. But um, Wiggins has done a fantastic job. It definitely has changed my perception of him, Wiggins. I, mean, I, I think you both know what my perception of Wiggins was before he came to Golden State. So, Yes. Uh, yeah. You were not the only one yeah. So he's uh hats off to him. Hats off to Jordan Poole. He he showed up when it mattered also in game six. So hats that off. Bank to
1: three, man. That was uh that was rough for the Celtics when he banked in that three, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, that the banking three was sort of like it, it, it just might be the Warriors' night, right? That that's that's when I thought okay, this is something's happening here, right? But Obviously, you got to play all four quarters with with the Celtics because you just never know when they're going to turn it on. You don't know when they're going to turn it off either. Like
1: it's, yeah, that's the real problem.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> that, that is that is what it what it is. But like, uh, obviously, like I, uh, Celtics had a good year, right? By 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 all accounts, like this getting to the finals is is an accomplishment, and we want to recognize that. Like, and c- congrats to the Celtics for getting this far. And now, now the question becomes, they're obviously a younger, young team, right? They have a young core. Um, they have the, to go and do it again. The, the, the question is, do you, was this a, a lost opportunity for them? Or yes. can this be used as a lesson going forward? Or is it a little bit of both?
1: Um, it's definitely both. Definitely both. But I mean, this is, okay, we talked about, oh, in this current cycle, right, this is the biggest lost opportunity for like the Phoenix Suns, because their team is about to fall apart. They, the Clippers and, yeah. and Mavs are going to be bad, or Clippers, Mavs are got better with the Christian Wood trade. We'll talk about later. Grizzlies uh, are not. Grizzlies are getting Grizzlies big- are are up and coming. The Wolves are up and coming. The Clippers are going to be healthy. The Nuggets are going to be healthy. The Phoenix Suns are done, right? Boston Celtics aren't in that position. But with that being said, like. Al Horford is kind of on the tail end of his career. So they're going to have to replace that production. And, you know, Grant Williams is is a good player like that. But eventually they're going to have to pay that. I worry – I deeply, deeply worry about Robert Williams' health, right? But mostly the biggest thing I worry about is the progression that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to take, right? Like they have to be better. That's the bottom line part of the series, right, if you're the Celtics is. Our stars did not play nearly as well as the Warriors' stars did, particularly Jason Tatum. I think Jalen Brown played, you know, pretty well tonight, but Jason Tatum had a, an incredibly forgettable game, and it's tough. Like I think in the third quarter he had zero points or something. I mean, you just you got to play better. I mean, this is the NBA Finals. If you don't show up now, when are you going to show up? Second half. Say that again. He only had two points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go go ahead. And I actually sorry, think the most sorry. disappointing part is I don't think his defense was that great in this series. The defense is a little tough because Boston, is
2: they, they switch a lot or if they're not, they switch. It's a little tough when it comes to defense because it's a very team-oriented defense. Um
1: yes but and, I mean regarding I Tatum
2: yeah sure you can go ahead
1: oh no I, I agree with you on the fact that they're a team oriented defense but like at the end of the day I think Ime Yudoka in his uh series press conference made a really good point he's like we defended well enough right like end yeah. of the day like, you held the Warriors to like 104 points uh, nobody but Steph was really efficient so, I mean, they didn't lose the series defensively, right? They lost the series offensively on the back really Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart. They lost because of turnovers.
2: I mean, we talked about their turnover issues and the magic number, as the broadcasters kept saying, was 16, 16. right? You look at the box score. If they have 16 or more, they're probably going to lose. If they have less than that, they're probably going to win. They had their worst game in terms of turnovers in game six that's what really stinks right game six you got to come out guns blazing and they had their worst game
1: yeah I mean they did go out on on a 14 to 2 run though was right like at the beginning of the game
2: yes and then that fizzled out very very quickly uh (laughs) at the end of the first quarter the score was 27 22 Warriors so it went from 14 to 2 run to I think it was like a 17 point swing or something I don't have the
1: math down exactly uh, but they, uh, they had the longest run in was, NBA history, 21 to zip, which yes. also really kind of bad for the Celtics. Right. Imagine so, giving up a 21 to zero run in the finals. Yeah.
2: So, you know, I think Jason Tatum, when I was watching game six today, I just felt that he was not aggressive enough. Um, if, when I was watching him against the Bucks, against the Nets, against the Heat as well. He was very aggressive in getting his shots, whether it be a mid-range pull-up, a three-point pull-up. Um, I understand that, you know, when he tried to get inside, they doubled him, tripled him. But I think that's where his vision's got to improve, which it will over time. He's still young. But when he has a one-on-one opportunity, even if it's a pull-up, at a point like that where you need to get aggressive to help your team win, mm-hmm. you've got to go for those pull-ups. Just to and get he's got to get into that action faster, right?
1: The yeah, like that was agreed. the biggest I mean, thing for me. Was like, yeah. you're exactly right. He has like Steph Curry on him mid post, high post area, and he just needs to turn and shoot. And I like, exactly he, he can take a do. page from
2: KD. Yeah, KD, yeah, was, for real. if KD were there, he just should pull up, he'd pull up. He wouldn't give a damn, he just pull up and shoot. Yeah, so I'm like, what we he's got to take a page. He kept from. trying to,
1: yeah. like, there were a bunch of plays where he's like trying to back Curry down and you know get to a strong move. I'm like, dude, turn and shoot. Steph Curry is like six or seven inches shorter than you.
2: Worse than that, there were a lot of plays where he was just standing around the corner, not doing anything, uh, not yeah. tr- getting involved in the action. You know, like if on the flip side if it's Steph Curry, he's always running around. He's always doing something on offense. Yeah. Jason Tatum, a lot of times he's just stationary, not doing anything. I didn't really like the Celtics' demeanor tonight in general. It felt like a lot of them were just kind of standing around, uh, yeah. especially yeah. on offense. Uh, Marcus Smart near the end, his body language was atrocious. Uh, yeah, and, and it really he was. He gave up a few minutes in to the fourth quarter. He just gave up entirely. That's what it felt like. I think he was hurt, but that's still no excuse. I mean, this is—I mean, everybody's hurt this time. This of is night, what right? you exactly right. This is what you're fighting for your, for your, the entire season. Uh, just to pull out for a few more minutes. Uh, so it was frustrating just to, to watch their demeanor tonight, especially. It just felt like they gave up. Did not want it. Uh, the only guys who were fighting were Jalen Brown, the godfather, Al Horford, and Time Lord. And Time Lord was on one knee. Uh, Al Horford is 36 years old. Uh, Jalen Brown is the only guy who stepped up. So those three guys fought, fought, fought. Everybody else, it was disappointing. Uh, the Celtics bench just disappeared oh my in the God. last two games. That was them. also a big factor. Derek
0: White. Derek it's funny. After you complimented that... Derek White, he's nowhere to be seen.
1: Dude, we knew that was going to happen, though, right? Like, yeah. that's why I said the series... If, you, if you're if you counting on Derek White to, like, get you through a series, you're going to lose. That's not because Derek White is a bad player. It's just the idea that you need your role players to do that and your main stars can't, it's just not going to happen. At least not on any degree of efficiency. But, I mean, that aside, I think, I think Varun made a bunch of really good points there, and if I... I think that you're just in so much trouble if you don't come out for this game. Now, with that being said, I do think it, it was extremely demoralizing for the Celtics to lose the last two games in a row. And then especially tonight, where they come out and they they put it on the Warriors, right? Like the Warriors, get their they're getting their butts kicked in the first couple of minutes of the game, right? 14 to two run, all that stuff. Then when you give up a 21 to zero run, I just – I can't imagine how hard it is at that point to actually get back in the game. 21-0 to zero run, longest run in NBA history. NBA Finals history, yeah. NBA Finals history, excuse
0: yeah. me. Yeah. Ime
1: Uduka called timeout two or three times. Twice. During... He called two timeouts in like a minute, man. In less than a minute. It was like 11-10 and 10-13. Like, it, it's insane.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah you it was an atrocious effort all around and it was just so surprising that it came on a game six elimination game that's the worst part um having said all that uh i do believe they will be back next year um, yeah in the finals. finals in the east yes because i uh the biggest concern are the bucks with chris middleton um and there are there is of course the nets you, you never know what the nets uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to play. I don't know if he's going to play, but if all those three guys play, that's already a pretty good trio to build off of. Um, having said that, I really do believe it's mainly the Bucks they got to worry about. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: if I if I had to make a prediction, I think they'll be back next year.
1: I mean, they're a young team. They have real opportunities to continue to improve both Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum look to be improving. But and, I think and, and most oh, importantly, sorry. if I can, oh, I, mean, I can add
0: just one thing. I can add just one thing I think I think they have the front office in place to improve, right? Like Brad Stevens has he seemed to be a fan of the incremental improvements on a on a team. Like we saw that with the Derek White White move. We saw that with uh, the uh, uh, the Al Horford trade right he, he's a fan, fan of incremental improvements and I think you, you there there's a chance like you might see a little more like a, a piece here a piece there for for the Celtics to make them even better this year that's that's more of that's more of a possibility for them in in the Brad Stevens era than it was in the in the Danny Ainge era uh, and yeah uh,
1: vikram you. I think that's totally fair but I look mm-hmm. at this roster and I'm like dude they need a guard.
0: Yeah, they
1: do. Incidentally, this is actually a similar complaint that we had with the Clippers too. Yeah, and you're I right. Feel like, it turns out it, having a point guard is really helpful. <laughs> and and, and the, the
0: Clippers still really don't have a point, but but we can we can discuss that. Like, I mean, that's a different talk for a different day. But uh, the, I mean, they still don't have a point a point guard. And, and and the and the Celtics they they need a point guard in the worst way as well. You you wonder Ricky Rubio's on the market. I mean, we uh, mentioned in, the, in in our text chat, um, he he could be had for 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 the minimum, and he would fill like uh, a good role for them, But he is coming off an ACL, uh, and that's the second ACL injury of his career. So I mean, we will see. Uh, they, they need a floor general though. Absolutely. So, but uh, like, my, I guess the, the, the final question on the podcast before, uh, before we close it out for today, uh, the Warriors and their dynasty, right? Uh, first of all, where does it rank for you in the, you know, the dynasties that, that we know about in, in NBA history, there's been 75 years of the NBA uh, the, the Celtics with Bill Russell. Uh, we have uh, the George, George Mikan Lakers. We have the magic Johnson Kareem Lakers we have uh, the, the Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish Celtics. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, obviously, the Jordan's Bulls. And then uh, Shaq and Kobe with the Lakers. And then the Spurs and the Heat. Uh, and, and where do the Warriors rank for, for you guys amongst like those, those dynasties that, that, that we know about? And, you know, is, is there growth potential for them to even go farther uh, than this year? Or is this year, like, really, like, the the final year of, you know, the core three being, like, in in their primes? Like, what do you think about all of that stuff? Vern, we'll start
2: with you. So go for it. uh, So in terms of ranking the dynasties, the one that we've seen that is the most dominant has been the Warriors run. I haven't seen Jordan and the Bulls, right? So I can't – so just based off the eye test, I go with the Warriors. Um, Now, everybody says that Jordan's Bulls were the best dynasty, so maybe it's them, but just based off of what I've seen, it's got to be the Warriors dynasty because I've seen them with my own eyes. If I saw Jordan's Bulls and even Russell Celtics, right? Russell has 11 championship rings, so just going off the numbers, technically he had the most dominant dynasty, Uh, but just based off of our experience, it's got to be the Warriors dynasty. And as to whether they can continue it, I think there's a lot of good prospects about that because now they have Wiggins. He's young and he, he's pretty much the new Clay Thompson for them. Not a shooter, of course, but in the sense that he will guard the team's best player. He's their secondary scorer. So they've, they've got their modern Clay Thompson in that way. And then they have Jordan Poole. Um, I don't know how long he'll stick around because there is going to be a contract coming up. Uh, but uh, at least for now, at least for next season. Um, he is a mini Steph Curry, in my opinion. So he'll be very valuable off the bench. Um, Kevon Looney, I think, is the one guy who might be a free agent out of their important core players. So that and Gary remains to be seen. And Gary Payton, yeah. But otherwise, uh, they have the solid core players and uh, there for next year and year after. So I think they'll be pretty in pretty good shape next year. There is the Clippers. I think the Clippers will give them a good run for their money and the Nuggets healthy with Jokic. Jokic is my favorite player, so I'm looking forward to seeing the Nuggets with Jokic and a healthy Nuggets team. Um going to be a lot of good teams in the West. I think they're going to be alluded to a few of them, but uh, next year should be fun. But the Warriors are still going to be up there, no doubt. Uh,
1: I also think Clay is going to get healthier and really get back into form after he's had a summer to you know, get back into the flow of things. So that's one additional thing for the Warriors in terms of making this an even more uh, powerful dynasty. But I do think the one issue you're going to have is I don't know how much longer Draymond Green is going to be the level of product, uh, the level of productive that he is, right? And I think he is the the beating heart and soul of this Warriors team as far as on the defensive end, right? And as we found out, that's why the Warriors won the series. It's not because their offense was really fantastic, because it wasn't. They got just enough. It's because their defense was fantastic. And I still believe that he is the single best playoff defender in the NBA. And I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, is, is that is all you have to say, Vikram? <laughs> yeah, more or less,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's interesting for the Warriors because, like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of um, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that have been d- discussed about them is that how can they have, you know, sort of this A-team and this B-team at the same time? The, the A-team being, obviously, Steph, Clay, and Draymond uh, Wiggins, and may- maybe even Looney is a part of this A-team. Maybe maybe he's not, but, like, you, you, you have the core guys in the end, and then you have, like, sort of a B-team, right, with, uh, with Jonathan Kaminga, with Moses Moody, with Jordan Poole, and then, uh, like, does James Wiseman come along for the ride? I think, you know, that, 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 that's a big question. Uh, and it'll determine, like, how, how quickly can the Warriors rebound? It'll be interesting to see because, like, I anticipate that this B team is going to play a lot more in the regular season next year. And based on, you know, the seed that they, they are able to achieve with, with that team playing more, it's going to tell us a lot about how they're going to do in the playoffs. I think you know. I, I think for the next couple of years, they they might get to the playoffs, and so sort of may, maybe lose in the in the second round, or maybe get to the conference finals, or something like that. Something in the middle where you know they're they're still. Uh, I mean, they still really much depend on the on their A team, but they're waiting for for the B team to come uh, come around, and they're still really young. Like Moses Moody is uh, he just turned twenty? Jonathan Kaminga is only nineteen. Um, and James Wiseman, he's only 20. So like the, and, and Jordan Poole, he's 20, he's turning 23 this weekend. So like a, a lot of young players on the Warriors that uh, the, the plan is to bring, to, to bring them up to speed. Right. And, and there's no way to, uh, to bring them up to speed. That's better than, you know, having them play and, and going through the growing pains with them. So how long those growing pains take is going to determine like, uh, Is going to determine uh, when this dynasty like resumes itself. One team that the Warriors wanted to emulate all of this time, it, it, they, they wanted to be the Spurs, right? They wanted to be the new version of, of the Spurs. They very much have a chance to do that with this team. Um, and they, uh, again, they they, they have the, the core pieces who are are going to be there for, you know, a, a long-ish time. But, uh, but they also have, you know, a developmental pipeline in the background who, like, and and depending on where they are at in their development, that's going to determine where the Warriors are in, like, the championship, like, team spectrum. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on what, I, what yeah. I
2: said? Yeah. So, actually, I think Vikram alluded to uh, this with Draymond. So, Draymond is probably the biggest question. Yeah. And that's so important because... You know, Steve Kerr said in, his, uh, in the post-game press conference, uh, he said he has never been on a team, on a championship team, that hasn't been an elite defense. So if you think about it, he's been with Michael Jordan. He's been with Tim Duncan. I mean, he's now with the Warriors here as a coach. So he's been with some pretty elite defenses and some really good players. So if the Warriors can keep their strong defense intact next year and the year after, then they've got a really good shot to win it again. Um, Now, to piggyback on that, here's a question for you guys. Do you make a trade for Rudy Gobert?
1: If you're the Warriors? Yeah. Who are you trading?
2: It would obviously have to be Wiseman. Um, Mm -hmm. You maybe add Kaminga. And then you need to add some salary. I don't know where. The the salary is coming from Andrew Wiggins. And so it like, like this, it, it's uh, funny, I mean, right? Mikram and I actually yeah.
0: discussed this trade we did. in the middle of the playoffs oh. this year. And we were on board until Andrew Wiggins started doing Andrew Wiggins things in right. the conference finals and the NBA finals. Uh, you, yeah. But you have to add Wiggins in, in such a trade. Uh, uh, and there's, no, con- there's no configuration that does not include Andrew Wiggins.
1: And that's what makes it tough. And Andrew Wiggins is frankly a more valuable player than Rudy Gobert is at this point. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But to,
2: to have an anchor for their back line, if you can get a Rudy Gobert or maybe like a Mo Bamba in Orlando, I heard they might be shopping him. I think that would be a pretty good pickup because he could shoot threes as well and he's a shot blocker. Uh, but I think getting somebody like that for the Warriors for next year would be pretty valuable.
1: I think they need another big man. That's for sure. And I,
0: I, I think for, for the Warriors' purposes, they, they better hope that big man is, is literally Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, you
1: got to hope. That's, that's really what, what they hope. have
0: locked into right now.
1: I mean, it's but like, yeah. even if he didn't, they still won a title, right? Like, that's the impressive part of this whole thing. Right.
2: Yeah, Kevon um, Looney really stepped up big time. I mean, he, he was oh, so oh, yeah, impressive. Point. Uh, especially that, that, I think it was that 22 rebound performance against the Grizzlies in Game 6. That oh, was, yeah. Was game six or was a different game, but it was very impressive what he was doing. So, Kevon Looney, it was really uh, props to him for the way he stepped up. And I just love the fact that all these guys on the Warriors understand their role and they don't play outside their role. That's very impressive. And I think that goes back to coaching. And not just coaching, but the fact that their superstar, Steph Curry, is so humble. Um, I think Steve Kerr said that um, he, Steph Curry reminds him of Tim Duncan in the sense that he's a superstar, very talented, but also so humble, uh, lifts up his teammates. Uh, they always follow his, his example. You know, when I hear their, uh, the, the, you know, like, Draymond, Clay, Iguodala talk about Steph Curry, they always refer to him as their leader. They always say, we're going to follow his lead. They're always so proud of Curry. They're always so happy for him when something good happens with him. So you don't see that with a lot of teams. Um, but the fact that you see with the Warriors is it's uh, is pretty eye-opening and enlightening. And it kind of gives you a glimpse of their the incredible culture they've built in their dynasty, which has been the biggest factor for why they've been so successful for so long.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a fantastic set of points, man. I mean, it's a little early to be talking about the offseason and stuff. And I mean, I'm very interested in addition to what we can do for Otto Porter Jr., uh, Gary Payton II. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of questions for the Warriors. But at the end of the day... They have had a really, really. uh, I'll start. I'll finish where I started, where they have had a really historic run. Uh, They have cemented themselves as a dynasty. And I think that, like Varun said, the sky is the limit. And at the end of the day, I think they are going to keep Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins because as long as they keep winning, they're getting money in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I
0: would love to see how much money they made during these playoffs. The Warriors, at least, um, they're going to need all of it to keep this team together. Um, oh yeah, and 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 probably even more. Uh, and and that's that's the price. That's the price to pay, right? You you have these high first round picks on your team that they're not cheap, right? At, at this point, you're you're paying tax on those guys, so they're they're not cheap. And you know, you you have guys coming up on contract years. You all played significant roles. Like Jordan Poole had some huge games in these playoffs. Like uh, in the first round series, he was the first guy in NBA history to put put up uh, fifty eight point. No, 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 not uh, fifty eight points in his first two playoff games combined. Jordan Poole. Like it, every everybody contributed to this run, um, and every like every single player on the Warriors played this year. Um, every single player on the roster played, whether they were, uh, you know, at the end of the bench or on a two-way deal, a- 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 every person played. And I think that's why, like, that- that's why when, um, when you know, Nemanja Bielica, when his name was called in, in, in games four and five, he was just ready because, you know, even though he hadn't played, uh, in these playoffs a lot. I mean, he, he had played during the regular season and he was ready when his number was called. Uh, and, and Moses Moody came in and played spot minutes in the conference finals like this. I mean, it, it, it's amazing to watch, right? And you realize that not every team can pull this sort of thing off. And, and it's going to be interesting to see where the team goes moving forward. I, I'm having a hard time collecting my thoughts, as you can see. Like, I'm...
1: <laughs> Dude, that's because they've won. <laughs> and now we're just kind of rambling, man. We are rambling. And um, with
0: that, uh, and it's also midnight for the record. So that's, that's another factor. Uh, but with that, we're going to end this podcast. Uh, uh, Varun and Vikram, thanks, thanks for joining me. Uh, it's it's yeah. been a great season overall. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's easier for me to say because you know the Warriors won the cha- won the ch- won the championship. But really, the, uh, I, I did not know going into these playoffs who was going to win it all. And that no, is no, it was really it so good. And uh, I mean, it's it, and, and and like parity in the NBA is at its highest right now.
1: I think that's definitely true. Yeah,
2: it was a really good uh, season, and the playoffs were really fun. And I'm really looking forward to talking about the offseason. A lot of uh, really interesting stuff to talk about. A lot of teams like the Suns, their future, and uh, Celtics, you know, sky's a limit with their youth and the Warriors, see if they upgrade their roster. But a lot of uh, fun
1: things to talk about in the offseason. Yep, including a bunch of trades like uh, the Christian Wood trade, which is fascinating, really fascinating. Yeah, there are a couple of
0: trades that happened during the NBA Finals. We will do an episode, uh, of every uh, where we preview the draft and also talk about some of these trades, like, and I, I think we're going to see even more trades, coming uh, coming come in, like in, in this weekend and into next week. Should be really really interesting. Like in the there, uh, the the NBA uh, uh, operates on a full calendar year nowadays. Maybe the only dead month in, in the NBA is probably August. Like uh, every other month, there's always activity happening, and uh, we'll bring it to you. And we'll give you our analysis when it happens. So uh, for Vikram and for Varun, uh, I'm Guru. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, It's been a great season. And uh, thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody.